We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity. I'm your host, Shannon Cassidy. This podcast celebrates generosity at work, not financial giving. Giving valuable time, mutual respect, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Our special guest today is Benita Fitzgerald Mosley. Benita is an Olympic gold medalist and an established international leader in the nonprofit sports and business sectors. Benita currently serves as CEO of Multiplying Good, whose mission is to cultivate greatness through service to others. A perfect ROG guest. Benita most recently served as president of Fund Play Foundation and VP of Community and Impact for League Apps, a youth sports technology company. She also was CEO of Laureus Sports for Good Foundation and chief operating officer with the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee for several years. Are you ready for this? Benita won a gold medal in the 100-meter hurdles in the 1984 Olympics, the first American woman to accomplish this feat. She was a member of the 1980 and 1984 U.S. Olympic teams and an alternate in the 1988 Olympic teams, a gold medalist in the 1983 Pan American Games, an eight-time national champion, and a 15-time NCAA All-American. In addition to her many accomplishments and achievements as an athlete, she's earned countless awards, honors, and recognitions in business. We met when she was the CEO of Women in Cable Telecommunications. What I appreciate most about you, Benita, is your willingness to share your journey, your commitment to service, and personally for giving me the honor of meeting the late Dr. Maya Angelou. Welcome to ROG, Benita. Thank you so much, Shannon. I'm so happy to be here and happy to reconnect with you after all these years. Oh, me too. Me too. The timing is perfect. Um, Would love for you to share with our listeners a little bit of your background. Well, you talked about some of it. Certainly, I I live in Prince William County, Virginia. It's uh, just outside of D.C., about 30 miles. And I grew up in this area, in the same county. I've lived all over the country in those various jobs that you talked about and even more. I traveled all over the world as as an athlete uh, in the Olympic Games and World Championships and other kinds of uh, invitationals all around the country. The daughter of two um, educators will probably talk about that a little bit, the sister of an educator. So uh, that kind of of service is, is part of my growing up and my my life. I, I'm married uh, 27 years, over 27 yes, years now. Congratulations. I have two kids. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I have two kids in college. Uh, one is a student athlete in track and field at the University of Maryland, my daughter Maya. My son Isaiah goes to Morehouse College. And so that's, that's a bit about me. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that. And so you've recently assumed this role as CEO of Multiplying Good, and you're all about how to give back and be of service to other people. So I thought it'd be helpful to just start off with the foundation of your definition of generosity. When you think of generosity, Benita, what what associations do you have? Right. Um, you know, running nonprofits all these years, you, you talk about uh, time, talent, and treasure. So I, I feel like um, generosity is giving of your time, talent, and treasure in service to others. And, you know, the 
the value and the, um, the, the, we never have enough time. So when you're giving that away to an organization or to another person, that's, that's certainly being generous. Uh, we all have different expertise. And I, I think finding a way to use your own personal gifts is uh, a way of being generous. And of course, your treasure. We, we all tend to donate to those causes that we feel most passionately about. And sometimes that's, that's all that's needed is uh, to be generous with your treasure. Mm, that's so awesome. And like, where did you see that modeled early on in your life? Uh, as I said earlier, my, my parents are both uh, educators, administrators, and a uh, school system here in Prince William County. Um, they were community servants. They mm-hmm. served on all kinds of community organizations. They started community organizations, started chapters of them, led them, were president of them, served wow. on the local community college board. Um, my mom actually helped to desegregate the schools in Prince William County back in the mid-60s. And so she's one of uh, something they call the Courageous Four, four elementary school teachers who were asked to go to all white schools and and teach in you know the middle of the civil rights era, and it was a successful experiment. And so the following year, the superintendent then integrated the entire school system right just before uh, it was time for me to start going to school. So I I never knew segregated schools growing up, and that was due in large part to my mom and her three colleagues. So there's a school named after her, Fanny Fitzgerald Elementary School that is sits at 15500 Benita Fitzgerald Drive. So it sits on the school, on the street that's named after me. Oh my gosh. How did I not ever know that? <laughs> my sister's a teacher. Yeah, your sister's a teacher too? She teaches at Fannie W. Fitzgerald Elementary School. She has since it opened in 2008. She's, she's currently teaching there. Oh has, my gosh. Has since it opened in 2008. My nieces went to K-5 through at that school. They are now um, high school graduates, but it's uh, it's it's been you know part of our family, and now there are streets and schools and you know other things that are kind of a testament to that service. And so, yeah, just just really proud of following in her footsteps, but my dad as well. When when he passed away, they both have passed now. Um, but I, I'll never forget there were about five hundred people at my dad's funeral. Uh, the church was absolutely full. And as we stood at the front of the church, as you do in the receiving line, uh, student after former student after former student after former student from far and wide across the East Coast came up and were telling me interesting stories about my dad and what he did in their lives. He was a guidance counselor Mm -hmm. and he was just way more than that. He was a surrogate father to others. He was a you know, he was a social worker for others. He was, he did all kinds of things to get kids, you know, school clothes and shoes and help them, you know, find jobs and obviously get into college, uh, get the kind of medical care that they needed. It, it, it was really astounding to find those things out about my dad that I didn't even know about. So that generosity of spirit what lived in our household from the time I was born. Mm. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, I think w- your father and mother are so humble that you wouldn't know that they had that kind of an impact. They probably never would have yeah. heard that. Um, but they they probably knew that 
that they're that they're caring for others and their service to others, which is part of your mission too, has really paid dividends and has had such a ripple effect. Because I think that's it, you know, with the return on generosity. It's like we don't give so we can get, but it just feels so good to know that we're doing something that makes it. A it does. It does. So as a you know result of all that, I you know I during the pandemic it was right after you know we everything world shut down and. I had um, left Laureus Sport for Good Foundation. Uh, they'd had some financial challenges because of the pandemic. Our two main partners uh, were Richemont and Mercedes-Benz, and nobody was buying luxury watches or cars at that at that point in time. And so they had to pair back. And um, and so I started doing some consulting with someone I'm sure you know and love, Erica uh-huh. Anderson and Proteus and. Um, in doing so, I was, you know, doing vision and strategy for other organizations. And I finally decided I need to do vision and strategy for my own doggone self. You know, let me figure out what my, or refine, not so much figure out, but refine my life's mission. And, uh, you and I spoke about this a little earlier that I feel like my gold medal is a gift that keeps on giving. And so I want to pay that gift forward as much as possible. So, and I feel like my, my career and my life have, Uh, exemplified that. And so when I put together my mission statement, I said, well, I want to help people and organizations win gold medals in life and business. And so in keeping with that, uh, here I am at at Multiplying Good. Mm. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that. It makes so much sense, right? When you you hear your history and your upbringing and just your personal mission and what makes sense to you and like your clarity of your purpose. Um, It's really beautiful to see that. So tell us a little bit about Multiplying Good for those who are not already familiar with your organization. Yeah, um, the mission of Multiplying Good is to cultivate greatness um, through service to others. And it was started by Jackie Kennedy Onassis uh, over 50 years ago in the early 70s. And the time was, was very similar to where it is now. Lots of kind of racial, cultural, political divides uh, at that point in time. I mean, gosh, the civil rights movement, the women's movement, the uh, Vietnam War, all kinds of different issues were going on. And very similarly today, uh, we, we have those same or, or different for different reasons, but the same kind of racial, cultural, and political divides. And one thing, you know, when I was at Laureus, uh, Nelson Mandela helped to found that organization uh, over 20 years ago now. And he had a famous speech that talked about sport has the power to change the world. It has the power to inspire. And I feel like uh, you could substitute the word sport for service in many ways, because I think that service has the power to change the world. It has the power to inspire. It speaks to youth in a language they understand. It creates hope where once there was only despair. And so um, that's what multiplying good does every day. We're, we're celebrating people who are doing cult, uh, public service. We are um, cultivating the next generation of leaders. You know, we want them to be uh, generous and empathic and uh, focused on uh, paying, paying their gifts forward. And then we connect uh, do-gooders from across the country in this kind of mega force for good we call the ripple. And so, yeah, we, we celebrate, we cultivate, and we connect. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. And I love your TED Talk, 
where you leverage the <laughs> Nelson Mandela speech. It'll be in the show notes. Everybody check that out where you share the speech and then you break it down into like all the different components, which you're saying also is echoed in the multiplying good mission and the service. So for our listeners to consider how they could participate in multiplying good or find places who could benefit from more information the you offer. Yeah. Yeah. Multiplyinggood.org is the website. We have 11 chapters uh, dispersed uh, across the country, some in larger cities, some in kind of regions. Um, and so we do students in action is the main program that we do on the ground in these communities. And we have student action, students in action clubs, uh, you know, number, numbers of them, sometimes 20, 30, 40 in each chapter. Uh, I think in Pittsburgh, we have 60 in, in that chapter. And so uh, they usually have 10 to 20 kids in each one. And they are do service learning throughout the year. And they have an advisor or teacher that's helping them develop a project that they want to do, a, a community service project. And then at the end of it, there's a celebration uh, where they also present that project to a panel of judges and those that uh, you know get first, second, and third get get Jefferson Awards as well. So uh, we 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 give away these uh, awards, kind of national celebration of service every year. The Jefferson Awards is on October fourth in New York City, and all, all kinds of famous names have have received this word. You know, Eunice Kennedy Shriver and Oprah and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, athletes and actors and political activists and. Um, and then about 65,000 local heroes have also received Jefferson Awards, uh, primarily mm-hmm. through our media partners and through our corporate recognition partners. And so, again, back to celebrating, cultivating these young leaders and connecting them in this kind of community that we're creating called the Ripple. So it's um, it, it's really important to us that we have as many people uh, involved as possible. So yeah, I would, I would certainly get on our website and, and figure that out. Stay tuned because, uh, the ripple is, is coming to you soon. It's, it's in, uh, in process. And that's one of my biggest projects over the next six months is to get that up and running. But in the meantime, you can join as a member, uh, you, you know, free, you don't have to donate anything, but we'd love your, your donations. Uh, of course, and get involved with some of our Learning for Good series. I will have a podcast coming out shortly. So we'll we'll have plenty for you to to do. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, the the chapter closest to me is in Pittsburgh, but I'll speak to you offline about, you know, just what else we could do together because I really believe in your mission. I think it's a beautiful thing, and it does have that ripple effect. It's a win, 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 right? Everyone involved. Absolutely. And the world wins on a grand scale. And I think that, like you said, you could substitute service for sport, but it has a very similar mission to other things that you've been a part of and a leader of. Mm -hmm. Um, So in your experience, what are some of the benefits or the returns on generosity, particularly in the workplace, if we could focus there? I think when you have more compassionate, more empathic, leaders in the workplace, they're um, much more giving of their, you know, their time to their teams. We talk about servant leadership a lot, mm-hmm. and, and we talk about emotional intelligence a lot. And both of those things, I believe, are inspired and developed and cultivated 
through service. And when you have this um, kind of personal mission to be of service to other people, you bring that from the community where you're working into the workplace. That generous spirit continues wherever you are. I also think, um, again, back to this uh, state of the world that we find ourselves in, that it doesn't really matter when you're, you know, providing community service, what the person's background is that's doing the service or is receiving the service. Uh, that's one place where you don't care what race they are, what political party they belong to, um, and what socioeconomic level they are. The, 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 everybody's in it for the purpose of that particular kind of community um, assistance and service and support. And, and so <clears throat> when you're able to do that in the community, you're able to also kind of rise above those differences in your workplace as well. Ah, that's so well said that it has this ripple effect and it's that attention to how you're affecting other people. I think that emotional intelligence tie there of like, how am I managing myself and how am I taking responsibility for how I'm making other people feel? And then that, that attention and focus on yeah. others. It's just, it's so true and underrated. <laughs> so I'm just thinking back on your illustrious career, both as an athlete and as a corporate citizen, like who has expressed that kind of generosity to you? Where did you, I know you've seen it modeled beautifully in your home, but like, where did you see that elsewhere right. in your life? You talked about women in cable telecommunications. Um, I was approached by a, a headhunter because uh, one of my mentors, Donna Lopiano, who ran the Women's Sports Foundation, was approached by them and said, do you know anybody that might be interested in this role, be right for this role. She and I had, as a good, any good mentor does, you know, we'd had a, a recent phone call. I was working at the U.S. Olympic Committee. I, I worked there twice. Uh, and the first time I was there, I was running all the Olympic training centers. And then it's just a lot of upheaval going on. It was around the, the, the um, scandal involving the t- 2002 Salt Lake City bid. And it was just a lot of mess going on. And one of the things you come to work for the Olympic Committee for is because it, it, the mission is so great and for certain, personally satisfying for me. And it, it wasn't in that moment kind of satisfying for me. So I'd shared that with her and I told her that, I, gosh, my dream to one day run a not-for-profit, right? And so she tucked that away. And when uh, Laura Timoney called her, she said, oh, I got the per- perfect person for you, Right. And I found that the mentors in my life, I think, have been the best examples of generosity in my life and my career. Those people who are kind of always there for you, always in your corner, always looking out for you. Um, you, you never. My my coaches have been amazing mentors. My high school coach Ruthie Brown, my college coach Terry Crawford. Um, I have them on what we used to call speed dial. You know, I mean, they're my favorites. I'm able to call them at any time and they give me the best advice. Uh, Terry uh, was, is a hall of fame coach, Olympic coach, coached me at Tennessee, but also she goes to Texas, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. 
Uh, she's retired uh, now. I actually hired her when I was at USA Track and Field as chief of sport. I hired her as director of coaching. So <laughs> my actual coach reported it to me, which was really crazy. Yeah, we awesome. acted more like um, partners in crime oh, than, circle, right? than a yeah. boss-employee uh, <laughs> relationship for sure. And it definitely full circle. And she, when I called her about Maya, my daughter, and she was being recruited, and she said, Benita, don't send Maya to any school where you don't know the coach. And I thought to myself, I never would have thought of that mm-hmm. myself, right? I mean, yeah. schools come at her. She's interested in schools. How do you narrow it down? How do you pick? Mm-hmm. And, well, let's just start by, by cutting the list down to what schools are interested in her or she's interested in where you know the coach. And let's only deal let's with focus those. Focus on them. Because yeah. otherwise, uh, just like any job, or anything else. I mean, you, you want to know something about mm-hmm. the person or the organization that you're, you're going to tie yourself to for the next four mm-hmm. years of your life. You're going to turn your, your career over to for the next yeah. four years of your life. And so, uh, yeah, she's at university of Maryland. Yep. Um, Andrew Bauman is the head coach. He's been there over 20 years and he was a you know teammate of mine. His wife was, and so I've known them since we were all kids Amazing. and, it's just, gosh, I don't even know. Uh, comfort, comforting. Yeah, trust, uh, right? It takes the stress away. For sure. You, you, it, there's this high level of trust that mm-hmm. he's going to do right by your daughter. Totally. And he ha- he definitely proved that in her first year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just that, that, you know, coaches, coaches. mentors, uh, those have been the people in my life that have really shown up. Um, I, I also can't say that list without saying my husband also, Ron Mosley, mm-hmm. um, probably the best mentor and supporter uh, of them all. Like I said, married over 27 years. And he, anytime I get down on myself, anytime I'm having a rough patch or something, he'll say, Benita, read your press clippings. Just stop for a minute. Just read your press clippings. You know, <laughs> in other words, feed your soul a little bit with your soul. some of the positivity yes. that's out there about you, uh, some of the accomplishments that you've had, Mm -hmm. some of the hurdles literally that you've overcome Mm -hmm. and how you've been able to thrive through the whole thing. And you're going to make it through this too. Mm -hmm. You know, he's always there. My biggest cheerleader. Thank God for that. Oh, congratulations on 27 years. Someone said to me recently that anniversaries are something that you earn. Thank you. (laughs) You you two have done the work and that's a beautiful thing. Um, But I think that's a good segue to self-care because I think sometimes as generous leaders, we give so much and we want to be of service and we want to, you know, fill other people's buckets, so to speak. But we don't always take time for what the the resources and the fuel that we need to do that. So I love that he reminds you to do that. What are some of the other advice that you've given Mm -hmm. or just even your own best practices for self-care? Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, you gotta be generous to your, you know, before you can be generous to others, you gotta be generous to yourself before you put your mask, you know, the other's mask on, you put your mask on. For yourself, uh, if you're not in good health, if you're both mental, you know, spiritual, uh, physical well-being is not in check, then it's very hard and difficult to to provide support to others in those areas. And so, uh, the best leaders put themselves first. I'm certainly guilty of of violating that mm-hmm. rule. Yeah, me too. Uh, more often than I care to say, but I um, I do take take time to just be by myself to feed my own soul, 
whether it's listening to a podcast or reading a, uh, I don't even know what this new app is that I just uh, downloaded, but it does a Cliff Notes version of a book that you can speed through just the the key lessons of the the book in 10 or 15 minutes of reading. Oh, I love that. And so you don't have to read the whole book. You just get, get to the point, you know, give me the tools. So, uh, Just give it, just give it to me straight. I don't need yeah. all the fluff and the stories in the background. I just really need the lesson. Yeah, I need to know what, what you're trying to tell it, me to do. Yes. Um, and then the uh, the other thing is to um, to give. You know, we talked about talent, but we I worked at League Apps, the youth sports technology platform, and I was their VP of Community and Impact and. Um, I ran their foundation, actually created their foundation and was also president and was there about three years and they're a startup. And it, it is uh, interesting though, that as a startup, you know, several years ago, they decided they were not going to have organizations not have the benefit of their software just because they couldn't afford it. In other words, if there's a small fledgling nonprofit youth sports uh, or sports-based youth development organization that wants access to the league apps platform to register their kids and process payments and, um, you know, do the scheduling and all the things that, that clubs and and leagues and teams need these days, then they're going to give it away for free. And so they have, we've given away 180 uh, perpetual licenses to uh, sports-based nonprofits over the lifetime of the organization uh, serving about 600, over 600,000 yeah. kids. And so, you know, wow. but the thing is, they could have said, we're going to start a foundation, we're just going to give money away, or we're going to feed the homeless, or we're going to go green, you know, or, mm-hmm. or something. But they realized that their thing is a, a mm-hmm. software technology platform mm-hmm. for for youth sports registration. So their generosity is tied right. to and youth sports. to youth sports, you yeah. know. Yeah, and so my thing is, uh, we we may or may not have yeah. a passion for uh, feeding the homeless or or the you know um, going green or something like that. Uh, my passion is in sport. My passion is you know women. My passion is uh, service. So those are the things I'm passionate about. So those are the things I. If you look at the boards I'm on, I'm on uh, Special Olympics and I'm on. Athletes for Hope, and I'm on the board for Fun Play Foundation that I just started. And so uh, Women's Sports Foundation, I'm a past president. So the things that I'm passionate about, the things, and also where I have a, a high level of expertise, right, to share with those organizations, mm-hmm. that's where I'm giving of my time, talent, and treasure. True. And so I would just say that's my mm-hmm. biggest piece of advice to lead more mm-hmm. generously is find your own passion and your own area of expertise and give in that regard. Mm-hmm. That's such great advice and something that all of our listeners can be introspective about and then proactive and saying, of these things that I recognize are my sweet spots or the things that I'm most passionate about or most compelled to, yeah. to do something about, yeah. right? And like to your point, most expert in. Yeah. You know? um, and and then where could I yeah. be a fourth? Yeah, I mean, that's where you're going to bring the most value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so, yeah. so smart. And sometimes it's in line with your job. Sometimes it may be in line with 
an avocation. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me more about that. So your passion could be related to your job or it could be related to an avocation. So some people are doctors by day and, you know, playing a rock band at night. So maybe they're teaching uh, music lessons to kids in underserved communities. And that's, that's the way they give back or they uh, perform at Mm -hmm. nonprofit or nonprofit organizations at their galas or something. You see what I'm saying? So they combine something that they love doing. Like a continuation of your passion. I mean, yes, it's still an act of service and generosity, but it's also really rewarding and fun. Because I do think that we've been all given a a handful of specific talents um, and treasures that we need to deploy thoughtfully. And so I just want to ask you one last question, Benita, about your current role. Like, how do you see generosity playing a a pivotal role or as a core value in your current role? Certainly. um, That's one thing that, well, not one thing. There were a lot of things that drew me to multiplying good. Their, Mm -hmm. their values are, are really important and we, we live by them every day. There's a staff of 50 individuals working uh, tirelessly to celebrate all of these amazing local heroes and, and national icons um, and do all the work with our students and action chapters and everything else. But the values, I, I have them written here because I don't have them by heart quite yet. Um, but we are deeply devoted to our work. Uh, compassion drives us to serve. We lead by example. We're stronger together. We are truly grateful. And we believe in the good of humanity. Mm. And so... I love those. I do too. Um, you probably remember at Women in Cable, we created the Touchstones of Leadership. Mm-hmm. And very similarly, they were there and, and, and developed to guide our work. And these values guide the work of uh, all of us at Multiplying Good. And because we want to be the good we want to see in the mm-hmm. world for real. And, and those values really tie to that. Oh, my gosh. I so believe in that. I When I looked up your company, that was the first thing that struck me was how interesting those core values are, how tangible they are, and just really what, I mean, we can all strive to improve how well we do any one of those things. So like which of those core values really stands out for you at this moment in time, Benita? Hmm. It's a tie between we're stronger together and we believe in the good of humanity. The, um, the subtext of We Are Stronger Together is uh, we respect all voices. Mm. We believe there's power in diverse perspectives. So, you know, DEI and B are important to me. They're important to our organization. I've been working in the space for many, many years. I did some DIB work at League Apps. I, you know, Women in Cable, Telecommunications, the Sports Foundation. A lot of things uh, in my life have have. You know, actually, you know, Special Olympics for people with intellectual uh, and developmental disabilities. So uh, I think there's, when we talk about uh, talent and uh, people have all different talents and backgrounds and perspectives and having all of those together makes for the best organization and uh, having the greatest mm-hmm. impact. And then we believe in the good humanity. The subtext of that was we strive to discover, celebrate, and multiply good. So 
this idea of multiplying good. This we used to be called the Jefferson Awards Foundation because that's how we were founded uh, to do the Jefferson Awards. But multiplying good and this ripple effect that it has that you mentioned, I've talked about this community, the ripple, and really wanting to ensure that we're, we're inspiring people to do good in the world and so they see our organization and they're able to be a part and or they just see somebody we're celebrating that's doing something in their community or someplace else and say, you know, I think I can do that. Um, and so multiplying the good is, is really the core of it all. So we always want to leave each episode with a takeaway tip or something that our listeners can do to apply what they've learned in this episode. So just, I'm going to share a couple of highlights for me, and then I'd love for you to add on to that. Um, I loved what you said about doing that introspection to think about where do we have the most passion and where might we be able to make a contribution in a philanthropic or in a generous way through our passion and interests. Um, and then you also talked about your mentors. So I think for those listening who maybe don't have a mentor, they haven't really identified someone who can show them the way or help them overcome some of those obstacles. I think that was a key thing. And then when you talked about your upbringing and your gratitude and really your uh, foundational awareness, now not 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 everyone grew up in households like that. But for us to be thinking about who are the people who have demonstrated generosity to us and how could we emulate some of that goodness? I mean, what else would you share with our listeners, Benita, for practical application? Um, I gave a speech at University of Tennessee uh, called Gratitude with an Attitude. And it was right on the heels of Obama being uh, elected president for the first time. And he's he and I are just days apart in age and um, our kids are of similar ages, and my you know husband went to Brown, and they went to you know Yale and Princeton or whatever they went to, and so I thought, gosh, there's so much to be proud of, and to see not someone only someone that looks like me, but who was brought up like me, has seen similar values as I do uh, in the White House, and my kids can can look up to, and uh, and it, I had a bit you know <laughs> I, I said yeah I'm grateful for the Billie Jean Kings and the Fanny W. Fitzgeralds, my mom and Roger Fitzgeralds, my dad and, and the Martin Luther Kings and the JFKs and all the others that, you know, that have paved the way for all of us to, um, to have the freedoms and the rights and opportunities that we have today as women, as people of color. Uh, but, but in many ways in, in having him in the, in the white house and, in having my mom have the school named after her or me with the street or, you know, I had a little bit of attitude, like, you know what, I, you know, I'm, I have a lot to be proud of. I have a lot to be, you know, feel, uh, I don't know, have an attitude about a positive attitude about. And so I think that's what I would just say is was just same as my husband always tell me, you know, read your press clippings when I'm having a bad day. Similarly, you don't rest on your laurels, but, I think you want to be grateful. You want to be have gratitude for the wonderful things in your life, but really appreciate and feel proud of yourself for the things that you accomplished as well. Mm, that is so beautiful. Thank you. And one of your other core values at Multiplying Good is that we are truly grateful, as you shared with us. And the subtext there is that we appreciate and value everyone 
who is part of our community and we do our best to show it. And I think that's, that echoes what you just said. And I just want to show you how grateful I am for you. Thank you, Benita, for being a friend and a colleague and an inspiration all these years. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you, Shannon. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to ROG, Return on Generosity podcast. Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit bridgebetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.